You're listening to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward, where we round up selected news and give you a preview of what's in the editorial pipeline. In today's episode, we're joined by Japan Forward editor in chief Yasuo Naito, our senior editor Susan Komori, journalist Ariel Busetto, our sports beat writer Ed Odeven. And our special guest today is Mariko Azuma, who is also doing an internship with us. Mariko has just returned from Kyoto and spoke with the local community about the Gion Festival this year. Amidst the pandemic and global crisis caused by the coronavirus, we learned how it affected the prestigious Gion Festival this summer. Hi, Mariko san, thanks for joining us this week, working as an intern with Japan Forward. And you've covered some really interesting news. Could you please share with our listeners? Yes, thank you.、Um, I covered the Gion Matsuri this time, and、uh, the Gion Matsuri is the, one of the main festivals of Japan. And this year, with、uh, COVID 19,、um, It had a huge、uh, impact from all of that. So、um, I directly went to Kyoto and spoke with some、uh, key members of the Gion Festival. So, also, just if you can, can you share with our listeners what is the Gion Matsuri and I guess where, where is the Gion Matsuri? <laughs> just the very basics so everyone can be up to date. Yes. Yeah, so the Gion Matsuri is、um, in the center, city center of Kyoto,、um, and it has a history of over 1,150 years. So, very long history.、Um, and it's made up of various neighborhoods that are in charge of their specific float,、um, and they're called Yama or Hoko. The festival goes on for the whole month of July, and during that time,、um, There's two processions that happen where all of the neighborhoods、um, come together and、um, their float proceed through the city.、Um, and that's probably the most famous part of the Gion Festival. Gion Festival, from what I understand or what we understand, is in the city of Kyoto. It's not such a deep history lesson, but Kyoto used to be the old capital city of Japan.、Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of argue that it's also in the center of Japan. And a lot of people say, which, which I think is quite poetic because Kyoto was the, is the center and the old capital of Japan, is that it's a hub for Japanese tradition and culture. So, maybe on that note,、um, what makes the Gion Matsuri like, so、um, unique or so special? Yes,、uh, I think a lot of it has to do with、uh, the history. Of the festival itself.、Um, it's affiliated with the Yasaka Shrine of Kyoto,、um, which is a, a big,、uh, also many tourists go there.、Um, but because of that, it's、um, a Shinto、uh, festival.、Um, but The different floats that surround this festival itself,、um, it's quite international. And I think that's a really unique part about the Gion Matsuri itself.、Um, there's different decorations from all around the world,、um, not just Japan, but China, Europe, India. Uh, Persia, and、uh, because of that, there's also different、uh, religions that come into the decorations of the floats themselves.、Um, so I think、um, the different 
neighborhood, the Cholnai members really treasure these uh, decorations. And because of them, um, this festival has really continued to this day. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's been over yeah. one, one, you said 1,000 years? 1,150 years. Okay, wow, that's so, so deep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, earlier we were talking about how in Japan, uh, depending on the city, the region, the town, um, mm-hmm. you'll experience a totally different uh, like Matsuri festival. And it was noted that the, the Gion Matsuri has um, a characteristic of not being so like loud or audacious. <laughs> Right. Yes, I think many of the community members um, emphasize that aspect of the Gihomatsuri um, as a very calming festival. Um, I was wondering if anybody else had any experience from their local matsuri or any other like festival or matsuri outside of like the Gion matsuri and could maybe share what their experience was on that. Um, so actually a very convenient way to see matsuris from all over Japan and I think you've been as well Galileo is the Furumat- Furusato Matsuri uh, event that takes place in January in Tokyo. But that's actually a very good way of seeing different uh, festivals from uh, uh, all over Japan. And there is Akita Matsuri, Nebuta Matsuri, and so on. You know, I think it's definitely true that uh, Jap- like the Gion Matsuri in that case seems very elegant and solemn, uh, maybe perhaps compared to the dancing, the lights, and the singing that happens elsewhere. Uh, on a local level, um, in Kanto, I've been to the Tanabata Festival a couple times in Hiratsuka. And I think, uh, yeah, it tries to be loud and lively and very energetic with the drums and the, the floats and just the overall atmosphere. So we have our own uh, local festival uh, here in Tokyo. It's um, oriented to our local neighborhoods and a good part of it is focused on children. So, But uh, we have the neighborhood shrine has Mikoshi uh, for adults and a mikoshi for children. And the, the scale of those is so vastly different from what we see in the Gion Matsuri that it's hard to compare them. All the neighborhood people have uh, participated in helping to carry and, and also helping to supervise the children when they carry the children's one. Uh, and uh, last year we had, I think, uh, around 150 children participating in the children's uh, mikoshi. Uh, but it's a little tiny thing, and the children can uh, take turns uh, uh, carrying it, and somebody stands and, and uh, beats the drum and waves at people and things like that. It's just a totally different scale of experience. And um, I think for a local community to look at the Gion Matsuri, it's like, uh, you know, just a scale that's so beyond our imagination. It's, it's a very grand uh, event. Okay, so just two quick festival stories from me. My very first festival experience in Japan was actually the Yuki Matsuri, the snow festival in Sapporo, in, in northern part of Japan, in Hokkaido. Uh, I was doing my homestay at the time, so it was my first time to be in Japan, also the first time to see um, snow. I come from Sydney, Australia, so I was really impressed at how beautiful the stages were and also the, the different models and the things that were happening throughout um, that's the city. My second one was the Aizu Festival in west part of Fukushima in Aizu Wakamatsu. Uh, the Aizu Festival has like a samurai uh, 
um, tradition, samurai history throughout the center of the city. There's horses um, and people riding these horses are wearing like armor or traditional battle wear. Also lots of historical and cultural clothing, artifacts, weapons, a lot of this is on display. Um, so I was just really impressed to see, um, I guess the town or the city kind of um, revert back to, to history. And it was like seeing um, the past or a walking textbook, if you may. So now we've talked about and shared our experiences of different festivals in Japan. Um, we also understand that the Gion Festival, the Gion Matsuri, um, has a quite an attraction to outside of um, Gion or outside of Kyoto. Yes, so recently, um, in these past few decades, uh, every summer there's over a million people that come to the festival. Um, and obviously this year was quite different. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's quite different for a lot of uh, events mm -hmm. throughout Japan and the world. Right, yes. Uh, because the, the Gion Festival, its origins are actually um, to ask the gods um, to protect the city from uh, a plague. Um, so, so this year with coronavirus, there were some... Um, people with um, some opinions that um, just believe that the festival should go on uh, but ultimately as you know the situation got worse um, a, a large part of it did get cancelled. Okay for the Gion Matsuri um, what are materials made of to construct the floats? Are the floats made each year uh, new ones or are they can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so the floats are actually made um, completely out of wood and with rope, so there's no um, nails involved in the construction. Um, and all of the materials, they're used every year. Um, they're rebuilt and then um, deconstructed and then rebuilt every year. So usually they're all put in um, museum storage. Um, so yeah, a lot of the materials have been used for decades really um depending on the the float and is this a type of art that is really a specialty like making these floats mm, right yeah the craftsmanship involved in in making the floats um there's specific people that do that part of the festival too um and so really i think that sheds even more light on how there's various communities that come together um, not just for the main procession but for all of the preparations that come to that point how big are these floats physically what do they look like yeah so there's two types of floats mainly and one is the yama float and the other one is um, the hoko float and the yama floats are a lot smaller um they're they're these square shaped floats that um are various tapestries are put onto them um but then i think what many people may have seen before is the hoko floats and they're very very tall um the tallest one can be can reach up to um the eighth floor of a building the like the very tip of it um and they can weigh up to 12 tons yeah the, those are the larger ones and then the yama maybe um the size of a large truck you could say yeah mm, very interesting thank you yeah um so 
I thought uh, you mentioned in your article something which I thought was quite interesting about how, you know, do we think about Guillaume Matsuri as a whole celebration, but obviously the various neighborhoods um, have, have their own input with the various floats and so on. And there's very much a sense of pride of each neighborhood. Could you maybe talk a bit more about that, about the sense of competition perhaps um, amongst them? Yeah, so the Gion Festival um, history itself, how it became more and more extravagant and colorful is um, due to the wealth of these neighborhoods and um, a lot of merchants have lived in the center of Kyoto. So um, naturally they would have the means to collect various um, art objects to decorate their floats with. Um, and then over time, um, the the procession itself kind of became a stage to, uh, I guess you could say, show off what uh, each neighborhood has been able to um bring together and um, at that procession you can also get a sense of the um, international ties that many of these merchants had so you can see uh, tapestries and um, other objects that are put onto the float from not just Japan but from China um, from Europe from Persia now known as Iran um, and really um, even further um, all throughout the world. So it's a very interesting um, event that um, all of this kind of comes to focus on. And I think that gives a sense of the international flair of the Gion Festival. Okay, well, that's really interesting because one thinks of Gion Matsuri as being very rooted in Japanese tradition, but in reality, there were also influences from abroad. So that's a very interesting fact. Thank for sharing, Mariko-san. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I understand that the Matsuri has about a 1300 year um, history, and that's a very long time. Have there been times during the history or even in the recent, say, last of 50 or 100 years when the Matsuri couldn't take place like this year? Yeah, so um, there were many interruptions throughout the history, but one of the recent um, examples of the procession part actually getting canceled is uh, 58 years ago. Um, and that's when there was a subway construction right under the path where the procession would um, be happening. So um, apparently they they tried to accommodate by putting these metal panels over the construction zone. But uh, because some of the larger floats, the hoko, they can weigh up to 12 tons, um, there was some worry about um, how much that, that um, dangerous that, that situation could be. So um, it was canceled rather abruptly. Um, and then after that, there were um, times when the float procession was threatened um, uh, or there was actually another uh, subway construction. So it almost got canceled, but then um, that was in 1990. Uh, the construction zone was actually reburied um, and there was concrete put back onto the path. So the procession um, was accommodated that time. And that was a really pivotal time in the history um, where, yeah, the, the festival was uh, prioritized over uh, infrastructure construction. 
That's that's quite a significant um, alteration for a construction project to mm-hmm. you know fill back in the uh, hole so that a, a procession can take place. It says a lot about the importance of the festival to Kyoto, I would think. Um, were there other times when it was nearly um, canceled? I, I recall mm-hmm. something about, that you wrote about storms. Right. So that was in 2015. There was a very... Um, huge typhoon that threatened the the procession event and people were very worried about uh, it being canceled it had never been canceled because of weather conditions um, but uh, ultimately um, it was carried through and um, many of the floats they were um, covered in plastic it looked like they had shower caps on them um, but um, everything safely proceeded and um, the people involved in the festival were very proud of um, being able to overcome uh, such typhoon uh, threats like that as well. So what does that say about the meaning of the festival to the community itself? Yeah, I think the festival um, is really a source of um, something that adds structure to the year um, and as well as a sense of having a goal every year. And I think that that can be different for each community member. But for some of the people that appear in the article, um, it was very clear that um, they quite literally live for the festival and um, not just to experience it themselves, but they have a strong desire for it to continue on to the next generation. Thank you, Mariko-san. We're excited to hear your story about Kiyon Matsuri. And uh, well, I know that uh, you're moving to Kyoto soon mm-hmm. to continue study at Kyoto University. And uh, well, we're hoping that uh, uh, you're covering, you know, the Kyoto tradition, furthermore. And mm. uh, well, this is a Corona era. And then, you know, this, uh, the festival always uh, thought not just a kind of festival, but it is a Akuryo Taisan, or, you know, people recent days, people uh, talk about uh, uh, evil spirits out. Uh, so uh, we're kind of looking forward to hear, you know, how the Kyoto people will fight in this era. And in Japan, you know, uh, there are other festivals, uh, Matsuris, all over Japan, and uh, in Tohoku, in Kyushu, Okinawa, it's everywhere. So mm. can't you cover those story and compare uh, them as well? Thank you. Mariko-san, thank you for your time today. I'd like to ask if you have any last comments to our listeners on um, what to expect when they read your pieces about the Gion Matsuri um, on Japan Forward. Thank you. Yeah, I hope that uh, through the article, readers can get a sense of what is really at the core of the Gion Festival. Um, and despite it becoming very famous and um, a huge tourist attraction, there's a really tight-knit community that's uh, working in the, the backstage and doing all of the preparations. Um, so I hope that you get a sense of that uh, reading through the article as well as, um, you know, be excited to uh, visit festivals in, in Japan, hopefully next summer. I hope you enjoy the article. Thanks for listening. This is the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward.